You're listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast Nordics, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I'm Sam Williamson. I help connect businesses with their tech talent. Today, I'm your host. Today, I'm joined by Bjarke, Nina and Toke to discuss the topic of the new career versus old career. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Nina, we're going to come to you first. Sure, and uh, thank you for having me. So, um, my name is Nina, and uh, I am a team lead on a daily basis in uh, Danske Bank. And uh, I'm a team lead of business analysis, team of the 11 who sit in both Denmark and Lithuania. And uh, I've been in this position for two years by now. And what we do is that we try to deliver the best digital services within daily banking. So within cards, payments and uh, accounts, the, both the IT infrastructure behind it, but also, of course, the front-end part with the services we deliver to our customers in our mobile bank and e-banking. That is our main focus area and what I usually use my time on. Fantastic. And thank you for joining us today. Next, we'll go to Toke. All right. So my name is Toke. Uh, I work in uh, MAN Energy Solutions um, as a leader. I come from a mechanical engineering background. Um, and now I lead a team of uh, very skilled uh, engineers um, who are designing uh, very big uh, engines for very big ships. Uh, so I, I guess that's, uh, that sums it up quite well. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for that. Uh, last but not least, Bjarke. Yes, hello. Bjarke Holt-Rubikken here. I work as a team lead for Karnov Group. Uh, we do legal tech uh, platforms, so uh, they are usually known for the yellow law books. Uh, currently, we are building the main digital platform where uh, normally lawyers and judges would go and do their primary research in the either Danish or Swedish law area. Fantastic. Well, now that we've established on context on each of you, let's move into the topic in focus. You all have a question or a statement around new career versus old career. And as usual, uh, we'll walk our way around the room, uh, pose your questions and the reasons behind it. And each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. I believe we're starting with Bjarke's question, um, which is cheeky in a way. I do enjoy this one. And he's asked, how do we keep a double culture within a company of boomers and millennials? I love this question. Bjarke, I'm going to come to you to give a bit of context. Yes, there's been, a, uh, at least in the tech area with developers, there's been a clear definition of uh, not old people, but uh, older age people compared to the new ones. We have seen that uh, there's a myth going around that uh, older people are not tech savvy, and I think that's a, that's a bit of a lie. But uh, definitely within the career path, there's a, there's a big difference between building a linear career as boomers and Gen X normally would do, uh, being in one or fewer companies, staying there for a long time with a motivation for getting more money at the end, where Gen C and millennials there would usually be there for personal growth friends, uh, perks, benefit, not saying that money is not a motivation, but not as much as growth and, and social activities and personal relations. 
So uh, I truly believe that uh, at least uh, the new people that we see at the job market right now don't care much about the company or the product. They care more about themselves. So the good question is like, how how do we embrace both cultures? Fantastic. Nina, should we come to you first for this one? Yeah, uh, I think it's a really interesting uh, question because obviously uh, the two generations are two completely different cultures, but they also share some things. So I think you can put some, some quite interesting different perspectives on uh, this question. So first of all, I think uh, you can start with putting a change perspective to it. So uh, what are we trying to want? If the goal is to really have this double culture, and it is because, of course, we don't want everyone to be the same. They contribute uh, in different ways uh, according to both their generation, of course, but also just in, in, in terms of personality, etc. So, so if we have change-resistant employees going into newer technology, how, how can we reinforce that they come on board in the best way possible? And uh, I think that is very much about having a very close dialogue with older uh, generations about uh, what actually keeps them from changing and what are they afraid of? What is the friction at, at play here? And then try to coach a bit in terms of how can we get you to a place or how can we help you overcome that resistance? Um, that is one way of looking at it. So how can we how can we change so that we actually embrace this new possible future together, no matter what, what background or what generation you come from? Um, and then of course, there's also like a hiring perspective of it. So hiring for mindset, because I also see that uh, older generations can have the same mindset as younger generations, actually. So when you are in a, a hiring position, you also have the possibility to actually hire for the mindset you want to be building in your team uh, and the skills you want to have, right? Um, so, uh, so that can also be a way of trying to embrace this double culture. You can actually have both because it comes down to mindset in the end. Um, yeah. And then I think the last perspective would be like retention and culture. What kind of have an open dialogue? What kind of culture will you have around this top around this topic and around the skill set? How would you like to contribute to it? So maybe you can sense that I am a, as a leader are very involving and uh, try to coach people uh, in in a certain direction. So I think that's like my top five sense of of how we can embrace a double culture between two different generations because I think there's a lot of good benefits of actually doing that. Fantastic and, and Toko if you've got anything to add to Nina's point perhaps? Yeah I think uh, it's 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 uh, I think it's a quite interesting take with the with the, the possible resistance to change. I, I hadn't really thought about that because in, in uh, at, at least in, in my industry I, I don't see uh, whether you call them boomers or very experienced uh, colleagues as uh, as uh, resistant to change necessarily, um, so, so I think that's that's quite a, an interesting take, and I, and I think I think this issue may also be very difficult across uh, industries, because when you when you talk about uh, whether people are tech savvy or not, 
I guess in some industries that is uh, more important than others. Um, so, so I think at least my take on this uh, would be to to look at it uh, first of all, as as you mentioned, Nina, uh, if if uh, if if you want a cult, you want some sort of culture in your company, and 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 yeah. I, I don't think uh, and and I, I think a lot of people agree at least that that a good company culture does not come from uh, a, a single type of employee. So, so I think difference different is good in this perspective uh, so when when it comes to, uh, to to not only the culture but also the the, the work and development and so on I, I think i would approach it a little bit uh, as if you look at now we're looking at generations but if you look at experienced uh, versus inexperienced people mm. uh, at, at least uh, if, if everything is working well you, you get sort of a, a, a dynamic where uh, not only inexperienced people are, are challenged by the experienced colleagues, but also the other way around. So I think if you can, if you can create a culture where uh, whether it's uh, very experienced or people from a different generation uh, sort of uh, accepts and acknowledge that, that, that uh, it's a good thing to be challenged by a younger generation, then I think uh, you, you, you have a really strong product, a really strong workforce. Yeah, I completely agree. Fantastic. And Bjarke, from the tech standpoint, then perhaps for the development side of things, what's your view? Yeah, I think there's a clear difference between the two ages, and I, uh, I like what Nina said about, uh, I, said, I don't think, I don't think all the tech people have a resistance to change, but they like to do it the right way. They already build up a mental mind map about how things are working. And it does take some time to like break down those uh, schemas to build up new ones. So that, I think that's why we often see people uh, in that group of being more of an expert where inexperienced people or younger people would go in and uh, seek the challenges. They would go broader, do more experiments. I clearly saw that I was uh, working in software programming at a technical college for, for nine years before I really started my, my software career. And that was exactly the same thing that I saw back in the days, like uh, the people that were reschooling themselves in this education, uh, coming from a background uh, where they already been, at the at the work market, or they often had a more need for understanding why are we doing as we do. So, where the young people they didn't care about it, like they just read the tutorial and uh, typed in <laughs> what, what, whatever things it told them to do, and they could give us as they got a result on the screen, right? Yeah. And even though they didn't know what they were seeing, they uh, they still got a success. Where, where a lot of the young, older people that I was teaching at that point, they, they needed to understand why is it working like this. So I do think there's a big difference, but uh, I also like what Koga said, like it, it is embracing, you need to build a company culture around this, right? It's not old versus new. And so we, we don't no. want to, I don't think we should create silos in young people and old older people. I think uh, as Toga mentioned, the difference is good. We should see it as inexperience versus experience. Then so there's challenges in, in both ways, right? Uh, experienced people can get some new inputs from the inexperienced people uh, and vice versa. 
the uh, the young people here might be might be learning some good paradigms and some good architecture or other things uh, from those that been in the field for for quite mm -hmm. a long time. So I really think that uh, it is a myth that uh, that uh, that people are not tech savvy in a certain age. I really think they are, but they have a different way of looking at into it. They digging deeper where where younger people would uh, experiment uh, more. But I also think there's a career thing to maybe talk about like. Uh, I think uh, older, older people here uh, would like to be experts. Uh, they like to do what they are good at because that's what they have been building their career upon where where young people might have these eager to learn. They don't have these schemas built up in their brain yet. So they can go broad, they can grab concepts uh, really fast and they are really, really good at doing experiments. Um, mm -hmm. Another thing, at least in the programming world, that I would like to highlight in, in this as well is that uh, I, I think companies should be better at embracing inclusion, not only for, for women in tech, but uh, I think we should have both introverts and extroverts and, and also talking about uh, people with uh, a spectrum of ADHD, borderline and autism, they are actually really, really good developers if we talk from a programming perspective. Uh, because mm. programming is hands-on, you get concrete feedback, uh, coding is creative, it has a certain level of autonomy, which really, really caters to these people in the spectra. But uh, of course, there will be some changes at the workplace uh, as well to embrace the differences, uh, if we could say like that. Uh, I mean, we often embrace those kind of people as well, and we added to our, uh, our job postings as well that we would like people uh, to come in if they have these kind of uh, diagnosis as well. And usually what we would do is we would pair up with those people. We will uh, have them do pairing work or set clear goals uh, and as a concrete goals. Uh, we would maybe not lower the expectations, but, but at least they embrace those kind of differences. Uh, and then mm. start by people getting people engaged. Uh, and of course, have the heart to also say the the when things are not working right but in a constructive way um, and then have those people to do more research and investigation because they are very very good at having many balls in the air but so. i guess Jaga, that that also uh, points towards that it's really not a question about generation it is rather a question about how to collect a group of people um, in a culture that in the culture you want to build and toward mm. the goal that you want to be heading mm. to right it exactly, is yeah. it, it is human beings, all of them individually, and of course some might have similar characteristics. But it it, it really comes down to how to lead a group of different um, employees in the best way possible, right? Yeah, uh, I think that's correct, and that's yeah. up to the culture to um, as to create that culture where it's okay that we are different, right? Even though if you are introvert or you uh, have been working with a certain field of expertise for the last 20 years exactly like we so we should embrace those things and uh, and pat people on the shoulder saying this is something yeah. that you're very good at right maybe you should yeah. learn from this guy uh, and the other way around as well exactly exactly and also have a, a very open dialogue around that we are different people uh, in this team and what can we use each other for and um, mm. who can we get inspired from by what and um, and and what would they like to do in order to improve a culture or what could it yeah. be what and what not could also be like 
let's drop some of the rules, right? We have so many processes, as, as at least when we come to bigger <laughs> companies as well, right? Yeah. So sometimes it's better not to have rule, but have guidelines, right? So, yeah. so create some processes and let people break those processes when it, when yeah. it makes sense. Mm. I think I've got a question, just hearing about what you guys say there about having this double culture, the experience versus inexperience. Because culture is so important now for a lot of companies, when you're hiring them, is it easier to go for them, people that perhaps are less experienced? Because you can mold the culture around them than can kind of bring in someone in that, that you said is perhaps set in their ways, but an expert in what they do. Mm -hmm. Okay, have you got something to add to that? Uh, yeah, actually, I had uh, I had just had a comment for, uh, to something that Bjarke said earlier, uh, what, what you said about the older generations wanting to understand uh, things deeper, it, it really resonated with me because if I, I, I would argue that I qualify as a millennial. And if I look at my experience uh, when I went to university and comparing with uh, when my dad went to university in the 70s, uh, I think the main difference is that nowadays, and it's of, it's of course uh, very caricated, but, but if, if nowadays you learn a lot more, but you don't have that uh, very deep learning uh, that you did earlier. So, so you don't get the same deep understanding of the subjects. And, and I think that's, you can call it a generation thing, but, but I would go as far as calling it a society thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I yeah. think that, that uh, at, at least should be a consideration as well. Uh, and, and I think that resonates very much with what you said. Now, yeah, I think you're correct. Like before uh, you needed to, to teach the way of how to do stuff. And then you had a bunch of books, right? And the book specified how to do things where now you can go online and you can find 20 different examples of, on, on how to do the same thing, right? Exactly, I completely agree. And I, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a mechanical engineer, and even I can program sometimes. <laughs> because exactly <laughs> what you say. You were saying. <laughs> but that maybe also comes down to your question, Sam, about like, is it easier to hire someone who has maybe experience with more, with a, a bit of more fields, and one who's really specialized and been in a in a, in a, a certain field of knowledge for a long time? Um, again. I think when you back to my comment about the hiring um, situation, I think it's really about the mindset and the personality of the one, the employee you're hiring. So you could easily, as easily have one who has been in the field for 20 years. However, have the mindset that you want to create that is more open uh, or if it's not open, you're looking for whatever than the, as it is actually hiring fewer employees because also um, it can be difficult sometimes to onboard very inexperienced people because you have to support them uh, way more uh, than than uh, hiring very experienced. So for me, it, it, it rather comes down actually to the person in the chair in front of me uh, rather than only uh, the skills that they bring along. That's at least in my field. In other fields mm. where you might need a very specific expertise, um, that might not be uh, as much the case. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That's a fantastic point. Um, has anybody got anything to add before we move on to Nina's question? Well, I do like uh, what Nina just said. 
so that uh, personality is key. I've seen uh, a difference here at Carnov since I started well, roughly one and a half. We were only looking for, for senior, very skilled people. And I mentioned that several times, saying maybe we should look at how, how we can embrace uh, intermediate, maybe junior positions as well. And we actually switch a bit around saying we would rather look at the personality, like if they are if if they are willing to learn or if they can pick it up easier or how do they act within a team, how do they speak with people. Uh, and we kind of went the other way to so saying like the personality is more important than the actual skill level because we can teach them the skill level because we have good programmers already, right? Yeah, so, uh, exactly of course, you need a certain level of both seniors, intermediate, and uh, and juniors. Yeah. But but I truly believe that personality is uh, is the new trait. Uh, so I'll do yeah. like that comment. Fantastic. Well, we'll leave it on that one for Bjarka's question. Thank you uh, for that great question there. And now I'm move on to Nina's. She wants to know mm. what can you as a leader do actively to retain employees, and what is the new standard of being somewhere a long time? What's the new normal? Nina, I'm going to come to you to give us a bit of context, please. Uh, sure. Uh, I thought it would be interesting to get some perspectives on this question, also based on that we come from quite different uh, fields of knowledge as well. So um, uh, uh, is it the same things that are at play here or is or, or does it differ? Because um, obviously um, millennials, they look much more towards uh, the best return on their investment where the investment is their time um, and it's research shows that millennials actually are four times likely to move jobs than uh, boomers are so that's that's quite a lot right um, so how um, how can we help keep uh, this Newer generation happy at work and thereby retain them, um, but also because when people leave, it can you always as a leader reflect it back on yourself. What could I do differently? What if, should I have done X Y Z? So maybe also have a discussion on. So what is the new normal really? Because we might not, we should not expect that someone stays here 20, 25 years. Uh, in the company I come from, Danske uh, Bank, then uh, there is a lot of employees who've been there 25, 30, 35, 40 years, right? That's the whole career. And uh, and that's not the case with uh, with many of the new joiners. So um, that was a bit of why I wanted us to discuss this question. Excellent. And another fantastic question, that one. So, Joko, I believe we're going to start with you for, for this particular one. Yes. Uh, and and I, I think uh, it's, it's very interesting uh, you know that you mentioned mentioned expectations in this context uh, because usually uh, I would say that that if if, uh, if 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 all the parameters such as a good working environment, a competitive salary, and interesting tasks and so on uh, are in place, or you believe those are in place, then you would traditionally expect people to stay. Uh, and okay. I completely yeah. agree. Uh, that's uh, that's not necessarily the case. So so, uh, so 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 my take would be that uh, and, and it sounds very very basic uh, to to, uh, to to talk to people to discuss this with people and and I'm not very good at doing it myself I must admit 
because we I think we tend to uh, to, to to talk about these things. So if, if we talk about a good work work environment, we we talk about the interesting tasks. We talk about uh, salary. We talk about career mm. opportunities within the company and so on. But but we rarely talk about you know, sit down with a with a single employee uh, and and ask what 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 are your uh, what what are your plans for the next ten years? What uh, what what can make you stay with our company? Mm. Mm. Uh, so I think this discussion and, and maybe maybe uh, maybe I work in a slightly old-fashioned uh, company, but I I think this would make a big difference because the answer could be there's nothing you can do. Uh, I, 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 I I would like to change job within the the next uh, three or four or five years anyway, mm. regardless of uh, how many uh, interesting challenges you give me and how 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 big a salary because I want something different. And, mm. and, and I guess that that can be okay as well. So, uh, but but if if you don't ask, you don't get any answers. Uh, no, and I think a very very that's that's completely right. Uh, I'm all about asking, uh, and I think that you really need to create that uh, open dialogue with your employees because you need to acknowledge. And I tell my employees, I know we only uh, we only boring you <laughs> for mm. uh, for a period of time. How can we? Uh, how can we make this period of time the best for you? Um, how, what what is important to you really yeah. at work? Yeah. Okay, so 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 you do it uh, more than me. I can I can sense, <laughs> but but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, that sounds good. But I, I think also now we talk about the culture uh, in mm -hmm. connection with Jagi's question, and I think you could uh, flip it around a little bit and say if people want to leave, then how much should you do to make them stay? Because uh, if, yes. if people actually don't want to be there, then that can be a huge uh, culture killer. Exactly. So I, I think if, if, also... if, if, uh, if you can do something about tasks or career opportunities or uh, location mm -hmm. or whatever, then of course you should do it. But but if, if people actually want to leave, then, then I think if you just persuade them with a larger salary or something, then uh, no, then, that's then it, definitely it can, it not the right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I also tend to say, and if some point in time you feel like changing jobs is what you are, uh, what you feel like you want to be doing, then please tell me. Maybe I can help you along to your next step in your career. Actually, so try to establish a really open dialogue around. You're here for a certain amount of time, it, and that certain amount of time should only uh, make sense to to you and to us, of course. And when it stops doing that, then let's see what could happen next. Yeah, we're going to come to you next uh, after Nina's question. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good question, right? If uh, I know I'm digging my own grave here, but if we put it side by side, then let's say <laughs> millennials are usually there for two to three years, right? And uh, maybe uh, boomers or, or others that are, are usually there for maybe 20, 30 years, right? Mm. I would definitely say that we shouldn't be afraid of investing in people, even though we know that they are there, they would be there for a limited time, as you mentioned. Mm. Um, but I truly believe as well that we should have different management style against these two groups of people. I would definitely say that we could ha certainly have millennials that would stay in a job for longer if you had less bureaucracy. Um, but there's different, different, uh, as a good case in why they're changing jobs as well. We have a little bit old school system, right? 
uh, I think in the last end, it's about listening also on a personal level on the young people here. And the recognition is, is, is above all. And recognition can be both responsibility or it could be more money, right? But uh, changing a job usually would result in a lot more money. So I do get mm -hmm. the idea on why people are changing jobs, because why should they stay in a dead-end job if they can move over and get five, ten thousand 10,000 more just by switching a job, doing the same thing mm -hmm. as they did before? So uh, so how do we keep these millennials, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I actually believe that if you go in and uh, invest in people, so coming back to that investment here, then they would also stay for longer because they have built some some recognition from the company. Uh, they have some personal investment suddenly here. So we at least began, uh, have begun to take in more juniors as well. Uh, teaching them gives them this feeling about like uh, they are part of the culture, they are part of the company, they are part of the group that have been teaching them as well. And they can go out and teach new people uh, the same way as when they came in. Mm. I do like what Tog also said, like uh, as listening to people, asking them, like, what is your plan? That goes for, for, for all employees, right? Um, but I think the most important people is, yeah, talk with people and meet them where they are. Also on a personal level, we should not be afraid of talking about personal problems in a in a one-on-one, -on -one, for example. Uh, but there will definitely be different management styles for, for young versus old old people if we should put it uh, side by side again. As definitely, I have a way more structured approach when I talk to uh, my developers that are in an older generation compared to to, to the young ones, which is uh, a much, lot more on the personal level. And so we talk about how the cat and the dog behaves and why is your <laughs> sister suddenly yelling at you at home or... Uh, as a way where the, the developers I have that are older than that I, we talk a lot more about career plans and personal the development goals and mm. what happens at the job and what technical steps should we actually work with. So it's a lot more mm. work-related talks that I have with them, where it's a lot more personal talks I have the, as a, with the people younger than me. But I think it goes, as Toga mentioned, like as a, we need to have a, a certain level of a good workload not too little, not too much. It should be meaningful work. We should have some flexibility and most important, we should build trust for both sides. Mm. Pretty sure people will leave if they don't trust the company or the other management. But that's what I normally have been seeing in bigger companies that there's a certainly a certain lack of trust to, for example, GMT uh, as an upper management in a in bigger company. Yeah. And if people don't trust the management, they as they then they only have each other and then we came back to the personal level again right as a building uh, social activities and let people be not only colleagues but maybe also uh, friends and that could also go for for the older generation as they need some steadiness uh, some good processes some good time to do the work right uh, money is a factor as well uh, but all but also responsibility where the, the young people would have recognition freedom personal growth, uh, social events, friends at work, uh, doing more experiments. I don't think we should be afraid of creating a magic, uh, the gathering game night or board game nights, for example, uh, for Friday bars or, or something like that. 
but uh, yeah, it could also be overhiring. Yeah, I have seen that as well. Uh, as a, so, if we are so afraid of uh, of of people leaving within two to three years, then uh, why not hire an extra or two extra people so we have that buffer? And maybe we. Uh, it, it certainly depends on the company. If you have, if you can have that expense, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it could also be innovation days, uh, meeting-free days, for example, hackathons, but yeah. in general, just empowering people and em embrace changes and embrace failures, instead of pointing fingers, saying like, oh, what can we learn from, from, from this failure? And, and then back to the trust again, right? So yeah. let's let, let the developers or, 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 or whomever is on the floor choose the process and let them know they are the experts and they can come up with both the process and change the process, but also the solution um, mm. and figuring out how long time it takes. Mm. Okay, you've got your hand up there. Just brainstorming it. Yeah, just, yeah. I, I just really like you. Your, 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 your mention about the recognition because I think recognition goes so much beyond just telling people they did a good job or whatever. So yeah. it, it basically, it, 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 if, if you can, if, if you can facilitate that people feel invested in the company or in, in whatever you're doing then i think that's that's a key to 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 retaining people and and and, and to also re retaining people that are that are really contributing so, so this sense of belonging and i think that's that's uh, that's not an easy task but i think it's it, it goes recognition goes so much beyond uh, just uh, telling people they did a good job uh, mm -hmm. So I, I really like that take on. And Bjarke, you also mentioned that uh, that you have to invest in them. And when you say invest, what do you mean by invest? Actually, what is it? Because I can I can hear from what you say that it's not only monetary investments. Of course, it's also different kinds of things. But I'm I'm uh, curious to the perspective. Yeah, but that could, for example, be uh, innovation days as a give people the yeah. freedom to select their own task, uh, let them choose their own process, and let's, let's let them divert from that process if it makes sense for them. Uh, it could be hackathons, learn new technologies. Uh, yeah. So, so, so that kind of investment, it could also be, as I mentioned before, like uh, as a having a board game night or making that extra party or. Making yeah. or let the company pay for social activities people want to do them themselves as well. Let's, let's say if they want to go play paddle together with their colleagues and they can grab a, a group of four or six people. So then why not in, invest in in them in in as I in in, uh, in employers employees spending yeah. time together also non mm. uh, work related stuff if mm. it's paddle games or other things because it builds relationships. So yeah, investment. I think investment can be many things. Yeah, exactly. Not only that's monetary it. things. Yeah. But uh, but time as well. But time as well. Yeah. yeah. But I think all what you say there is also something of of uh, because what I when I wrote this question I was like hmm, maybe I should use it as an opportunity to ask some of my employees what actually retains them, what is important to them in the uh, in their daily work. And what you also allude to here, Bjarke, is also one of the things they mentioned, and that is about creating a culture. So, and how do you actually create a culture and a sense of belonging is to bring people together, right? Mm. Uh, and then, of course, you create a culture in many, many different ways, but 
what you mentioned is some some of the the building blocks at least uh, to to creating a sense of belonging to where you work because you get the friendly the atmosphere a feeling of relatedness right mm. um, but at least what I have come to realize is that it 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 doesn't differ that much and I think maybe when I uh, when I tell you what I've found out at least that you could maybe not do that or maybe you could, you will challenge it because um, what I found was that everyone mentions flexibility a lot. You know, after Corona, uh, it's so important that you can flex between going physically to work and work online. And also what what times during the day is it that you actually work? That's a huge, uh, huge benefit for people. And that may, really makes people say that they have the possibility to have a great flexibility to balance work. Uh, life or life life balance as some start to call it because work yep. is also life right that goes um, for both both uh, older and younger people exactly right so that is not a not a generation uh, specific thing uh the, the the flexibility to choose what you prefer really and and of course that is something that everyone would like to do or most at least but what i also found was that it also People also seek like a certain autonomy to make their own decisions. And then there's the culture part, right? And then a huge focus on employee development and they see an opportunity to upskill themselves or that there is something invested in them to to actually upskill or um, see their career path ahead. And they're actually quite mutually dependent because if salaries, of course, also there, but that's only if... The other things are not in place. Then salary becomes the most important thing, right? Uh, and the other way around, if some of the others are not in place, then it gives more value to some of the other factors. Um, and that's actually quite interesting because no one mentioned that the content of the job was really important. It was all things around the job, right? Mm. Which is quite interesting. Um, not, I don't believe that they would say they could work on anything in the world and then that would be fine. But it's just that if they should choose something, it's not that. And that's quite interesting. Is that something that resonates with your experiences? It definitely is. Um, I mean, we can do a lot of things like conducting uh, surveys for the employees, uh, providing reward work, uh, remote work options and uh, allowing some workplace fun as well because we like to do puzzles here for example so when yeah. people need a need a break instead of going out for a cigarette or whatever they would do then uh, we have this puzzle piece but people would take some breaks on and sort puzzle pieces and maybe lay uh, a couple of pieces down then usually they will go back to the computer again I mean, and that's, that's fun and it, and it doesn't <laughs> cost anything right but uh, creating this uh, communication-friendly space, as a, we have lots of Slack yeah. channels as well, where there's fun. We have in the soul music and cat lovers and uh, programmer dad jokes, and uh, as a, it should be fun to go to work <laughs> as well. Definitely. I mean, we can do a lot. <laughs> we can do a lot of things from a company level, but I think the most important thing is talking with people, as a meet them where they are. Prefer to do it physically, for example, as not enforcing them to do so, but. But I think there's there's a lot it's a lot better to have a one on one with people if it's on a personal level you can watch people uh, watch people 
how they react to your inputs, right? Um, mm. But also giving that as a flexibility can be many things because we, we try to tip it the other way around, uh, at least I did. So as a who are hiring process, I would say we work 37 hours. You choose when you put those 37 hours in. Uh, you can choose yeah. to work four, four days a, a week, but put in more hours. For example, the most important thing is that you communicate to your team. You could work at night, you can work at weekends, we don't care. But you need to, no. to of course, uh, be there for the, the, the team meetings. And, yeah. uh, and if you commit to something, then there will also be a delivery. But uh, when mm. you put in the time, uh, time that is completely up to you. Mm. I like what you said as, as well with career path. And that just got me to think as well. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things we could do. For example, we have three months trial. Why not use the three months trial to say, we really like you after the three months, uh, you should stay in the company. And here's a pat on the shoulder, for example, with some recognition, it could be a money bag, it could be some responsibility or, or something. Um, but also making a career plan for people as of when they start saying, welcome to the company, let's talk about your career and your personal growth. What do you want to do? Yeah. Uh, let's write some stuff down. It's your document, but uh, but but I help you facilitate it. I will coach you uh, as well, so so we can get to your goals, right? You, but you own the process. Mm. Let's be yeah. clear on that. Exactly. I think that that is really also uh, how I approach uh, career development. It is, it should be something that uh, is motivated and comes from them. I shouldn't solely be the one dictating where I don't feel like uh, that's my um, responsibility because I don't want to push anything towards them that they don't want to do. So I really, I really love this uh, coaching perspective in terms of where do you want to go? And then, of course, sometimes that uh, conversation can be really difficult because maybe the company you work in doesn't offer the career path or the next steps or the higher levels that matches what the individual might want to do. So how can you work around that anyway and, and find something that is still interesting? But that can be difficult sometimes because sometimes yeah. the next step is maybe not that clear. Exactly. We had the same problem here. Sorry for <laughs> taking the microphone here again. But I think most companies only have a linear path, right? You mm -hmm. go from junior to intermediate to senior, Maybe you will become a manager or some middle manager, and then you can move up in ranks, right? Yeah, well, exactly. so that's not very motivating. So I would definitely say that we should, as there's a linear path about going up, getting more responsibility, but you could also go broad, like do more mm. experiments, for example, uh, have a very, very broad knowledge. That's, that could be a career path as well. Or, or digging down yeah. into being an expert in one field, saying, I don't want to be middle management. I don't want to have more responsibilities, oh. but I want to be very, very good at what I do. Like, I, yeah. I think it's a good idea to spread out a career to, to say like we, exactly. we have three different paths instead of, instead of just linear path. Yeah, that's a really good reflection. Yeah. And I also think that that's something that can help the dialogue along at least, right? So it doesn't seem like that's the only option. It can also be a hard when to, to set a team if you only have a team of people who want to go upwards, uh, right? Um, instead of trying to balance it a bit and have a team where the, a combination of people uh, that want different things for themselves in the future. Very interesting uh, 
this question? It is, it is, and uh, all stems from a great question. So thank you, Nina, for that one. I think we'll move over now to, to Toke's question. Um, he's kind of posed to everyone, how can you take advantage of this new career trend in a knowledge-based organization? I think it's a great flip on what we've spoke about so far, which um, we've almost seen that this new career versus old career, um, we, we need to take advantage of that. So Toke is gonna mm -hmm. come to you to uh, give some context. Yeah, so so basically, I'm working in a company. I would say in, in that is uh, in in a quite uh, conservative uh, industry, a quite uh, traditional company, in both uh, both for good or bad. Um, and 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 usually uh, or traditionally, people have stayed uh, in in their position for many many years. So we have a lot of. Uh, 35 and 40 years uh, anniversaries um, and, uh, and and I think that also sort of uh, creates that sort of uh, knowledge-based uh, company <laughs> which I'm talking about but on, on the other hand we are starting to see uh, these uh, trends that, that we are talking about here that, that people are staying young uh, shorter periods of time and especially uh, younger people so and, and and we we spend a lot of time discussing this and also as uh, as Nina mentioned what can we do about this how can we what can we do to to uh, to retain people um, so, so so I'm trying to sort of flip it around here a little bit and, and asking is is there any ways that that we can take advantage of this because it it, it can be good to uh, to 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 get uh, new input of course uh, it gives you a chance to uh, to recruit. Uh, New people, which is a good thing. So, so how can you sort of deal with the the the, the fact that that people are leaving with a lot of uh, knowledge? Bjarke, we'll come to you first on this one. Yes, that's a very hard question <laughs> to answer, <laughs> and especially when uh, when when having these two groups, and it's something that that uh, that you touch upon now. Uh, but I, maybe I can take it from the top of my mind what I would have done. Um, but of course, there needs to be some sort of focus on the velocity and productivity, right, uh, for a team, regardless of it's a group of new people or a group of people that have been there for ages. Uh, but uh, maybe it should start with some knowledge sharing. Uh, I think that is a great way of uh, of learning both uh, from, from from the older side and the younger side. Having this kind of academy approach to things, uh, making sure that you have a proper onboarding setup uh, for people that things are right, written down, or also the processes. Not that uh, we should follow those processes, but at least have a good some good guidelines for people. But I have seen a different uh, a lot of times that uh, that we we tend to create some very complex areas of working. Uh, especially in the tech area where we create a lot of technical depth, which only a certain handful of people actually know about. Uh, and then we suddenly create these boxed or single point of contacts that would be the bottleneck for, for information. So if the people with, working within a team, for example, are not able to solve their own, uh, now I call the tickets, but to solve their own uh, features or whatever they're doing, if they need to ask for permission or if they need to ask somebody for help all the time, 
then there's clearly something that should be improved in that process. And the same goes for the technical depth. If you need to, to, to ask people how things are working to be able to change them, that's a clear indication, I would say, to something that should be improved. I think a lot of companies often don't think about the developer happiness. Now I'm talking again from a programming perspective, but let people do more cleanup things, uh, do more experiments, try out new things uh, so they can actually create this velocity and, and productivity within the team as well. Uh, as you also be looking at the machinery or, or the architecture, how are things combined, how, how convoluted is it, how complex is it, uh, and then invest in cleaning up those kind of uh, areas. If it's super complex, then you definitely need to do something about it. Uh, but again, back to the, uh, also the approach that could solve that problem as well. If you let people with expertise shine in this forum for, let's say for an hour each Friday or every second Friday, on certain topics, spreading that knowledge out to other people, and then have these uh, maybe interactive sessions. So it's not a, a boring spreadsheet or PowerPoint presentation where you get a one hour's information and then you throw it out because you really only listen with half an, an ear. So making these kind of sessions like you would, that you would do on a school or university where you get a certain amount of information and then you need to use it or try it out to do something and then you build up that knowledge within the team. Uh, I guess it could also be uh, as a looking at the time to market as well. Like if, uh, if there's a slow time to market, then there's probably something uh, wrong within the, the, the process of how we're working. Uh, and then I can recite some of the things we already said before, but uh, as I ensure good processes so we don't want to break them invest in people, build those relationships, give those extra perks. I mean, it, it, it will not ruin the company to have uh, a fridge with, with sodas. I know it's, it sounds stupid, but those small perks, <laughs> they, they, they give a lot in the last, as I the end, or letting people go out for social activities or, or maybe do the overing hiring, which I mentioned before, so you don't get into a pickle where, where you suddenly lose the, the best men or women uh, at the team and they, they leave with all the information without writing it down. But again, uh, as a from a management so what you're perspective. Saying, yeah. Yeah, is Go ahead. actually uh, just to, to know if I understand you correctly. So um, so instead of how to take advantage, it's you're more alluding to how to overcome the disadvantage of people moving around. So by knowledge sharing, by uh, actually making uh, not having single points of a knowledge basis so you you're not as volatile and that way you can overcome that people uh, shift around more is that is that correctly understood that is completely correct because i don't think we can stop mm. people leaving no exactly so yeah. so so i would rather focus on on, on yeah how, what do we do when people leave mm. what do we do yeah. uh, not in hindsight but, but be re reactive to to the terms about people leaving you have a single point of contact, and definitely something needs to change, right? Yeah, yeah. That's I really like that, and I think uh, I, I, I think it also <laughs> talks a little bit into what Nina uh, mentioned before about that that, uh, that 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 everybody in the workplace is uh, on borrowed time uh, somehow. Yeah. So, so I really like the the, the the take that if 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 you if 
to sort of actively anticipate that everybody will leave at some point, then then mm. then you have a stronger foundation for actually preparing for it. Um, yeah. And and I think I, what what you mentioned about uh, these uh, small perks, I, I don't think it sounds stupid at all, but I think uh, the, the 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 tech industry or uh, where you come from, I think uh, you are a lot better at these things. Uh, than than these uh, I would say more traditional companies uh, and maybe it's a uh, it's it's a size thing uh, maybe it's just culture I'm I'm not sure but but I think uh, I I I definitely think uh, it it can do something if you do it the right way because I also think that you can uh, do it uh, in a way that it feels uh, feels like something that is forced. Mm. Um, and, and 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 I think that then it's it's it, it can become counterproductive, I guess. I think it's a mix of all of those things. Yeah. In the last end, but I I really like the idea of of, of sort of uh, anticipating that, <laughs> that 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 everybody will leave at some point. Um, that's, uh, that's interesting. Hopefully not. No, but it, it takes. <laughs> it also. It also. But back to the perspective, the, we shouldn't keep people just to keep them, right? Uh, so they should be here just a long, as long time that we believe it's. It, it takes out. The, it takes out the negative also. I think because mm -hmm. you you uh, you you ex exactly you 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 don't want to uh, to to keep people that uh, that uh, who are not happy in in a, in a job of course you want to uh, to to try to facilitate their their uh, work life happiness or life life happiness or whatever <laughs> but but, yeah. but but I, I don't think we are, we are interested in, in in keeping people just for keeping them and mm. and, and this this way i think if 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 you sort of anticipate that they will leave, then if they do, then then it's not a neg a negative thing. Then you you start from a. Then you are looking at possibilities uh, yeah. from from the onset, and I I really like that. Mm. I think from a, a management perspective, it's uh, it's all about creating and maintaining this narrative of the culture. So even though it might divert from reality, even though there might be a budget which is Lower than we expected. You you can still create these uh, narrative of of culture in how how we uh, how we address each other, how we work with each other, or or create certain mantras. Uh, back when I was at New Day, for example, we had a mantra in uh, in the department I was at, and which was we don't do what doesn't make sense, and it was reversed, so it was negative, and that really catered for a lot of the people there, which was uh, a bit anarchistic as well. So uh, they gave us a tool as well, also for when things went out of line, we could go in and say, nope, we won't do it because it really does make sense for us. Mm. Uh, it could also be a different mantra, which I usually use here, at, uh, at least at, at the platform teams that I'm with, but family first. We, we, we work 37 hours and your family comes first. But, uh, and by uh, family, you don't, mean your, you don't mean your work family. I don't mean my work. You mean, work you family, you mean no. your, your real family? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but ensuring that you keep the narrative like if you're sick, stay home. If yeah, you yeah. have friend, family in in trouble, take care of them first. Like we we I think we should embrace those kind of things, and it doesn't really cost that much money, no. especially not if we ask people no. to work no. those thirty-seven hours and put in the the hours when they would like to do so because they will. 
I'm yeah. pretty sure they will. And if you have low performance, you, you, you would find out either way. Because, you know, people are whole human beings coming to work. It's not, you know, a robot uh, that uh, turns off the rest of the brain and then only functions um, in numbers, in zeros and ones, right? It's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole person and we have to embrace, I think we as employers have to embrace the whole person um, mm. with all that it comes with. Yeah. So, so uh, from my perspective on uh, on your question, it is, and it I really agree, it is a hard question um, because, of course, uh, there are benefits of uh, people shifting around. Uh, you get the employees with wider skill sets uh, now when you hire in the in the younger generation um, because they might have been in a lot of different industries and a lot of different companies, right? So, so they have uh, maybe some more perspectives uh, in terms of that area than people who have been in the same position for, for a long time. Mm. Uh, and, and at least uh, they might be easier to adapt to changes uh, in, in what happens in the company as well. Uh, those who has uh, shifted around more However, I really also think that some of the disadvantages is really dependent on which company we're talking about, which kind of company. I, I imagine that um, strategy consultants and bigger consultancies um, might not be as vulnerable to people shifting as much as for um, highly complex organizations and the uh, IT and service organizations where you have to have a lot of knowledge uh, in order to navigate uh, well in the company, such as a big bank. Um, so, um, so, so the context really also uh, has an influence on whether it is uh, only an advantage or if it also has some some um, some disadvantage or at least some challenges to it. I I, I completely agree, and 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 that's where I see at, at least in. in in a company like where I'm working with this, which is what I would call uh, very traditional. Mm. Um, it, it, it is in many ways a disadvantage uh, that, that, that yeah. you lose uh, people holding a lot of knowledge uh, and, and exactly what you say, it's difficult to navigate uh, in yeah. the company. And, and, and I think this, uh, what, uh, what, what we talked about uh, during the August questions with, uh, with, with, with people, uh, Bringing a new perspective and 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 people coming with it, uh, having different mindsets and and contributing to the culture in different ways. I, I think this this is because I, I I don't necessarily have the answers the answer to my own question. Or I definitely don't. But 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 I think if if we can encourage people to 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 challenge each other, uh, mm. both. Uh, experienced people and and new people coming, for example, straight out of university, then I think it's at least a good recipe uh, for success, and 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 then we can we we can try to to make people feel they are that like they are contributing uh, from early on in in, in their time here, uh, even though it it can be a challenge. So, so I really, I, I think Definitely. there's a good coherence between all these, uh, yeah. all these discussions. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, 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 there are. And, and I think we're coming back to like, 
uh, a great point, Bjarke, you made uh, regarding like how can and we at least uh, uh, try to protect uh, our our companies the best way from people shifting around. I think that is a mindset we should try to encourage, uh, right? Because it is a fact. So um, how can we work with that fact in the best way possible? Mm. I agree. Fantastic. I've been working in, uh, in, in big organizations as well. Um, I think we should, we should look in. Uh, into ourselves saying why why do we have this bureaucracy why is it so complex why is it hard to navigate maybe we could do something about that um, especially when going back to the initial uh, topic as well like uh, so what, what do we do with the uh, millennials uh, compared to to the other generation here uh, who there for the company or are we there for the people exactly and i think I would, that's because uh... i would I'm a little bit afraid of saying this on, on the podcast, but I would definitely say, even though here at Carno, like I'm here for the people. I am here for the code base yeah. as well. It needs to be well maintained, but uh, but the company that, that will run, and even though I'm not company, yeah, will still yeah. be here. Exactly. So, but, so I care about the people that are actually here right now, and then ensure that we select those people over the processes. Yeah. That's but what I, I guess come that's back also to diverting from the process. Sorry. A part of why you are in your position because you were chosen to be there for the people and uh, and uh, doing that well. Yeah, challenge status quo as well. Mm. Yeah. I, excellent. Well, I think that's a great point to, to finish on, uh, Bjarke. Um, hopefully, not getting in trouble with that one. Uh, I'm sure it will be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys. I think you uh, have a job again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, maybe they could be the third mantra. What they gonna do? Fire me. That's what <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's more jobs out there, right? Uh, yeah, but that is also why people are changing. You know, good talented people. They are highly requested. So, uh, exactly, exactly. Well, I really want to take this opportunity to thank Bjarke, to thank Nina, to thank Turkey for their fantastic questions, their insight the conversation today uh, this has been the evolution exchange podcast thank you for listening and if you'd like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts please reach out to me on linkedin or by email at sam.williamson at evolution-nordics.com we'll see you next time thank you <laughs>